Hey folks, Dr. Brian King here, and uh, once again I'm in Montreal. I have a really special guest in today's podcast. So this is a comedian that I first met uh, about 10 years ago. I met her working uh, comedy shows in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, she was one of my first podcast guests back when I started uh, with a little radio station I was doing. Our lives have gone in different directions ever since. Uh, she moved to New York. I did my thing. We, 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 we've been in touch over the years. In fact, uh, she actually contributed to my first book that came out uh, about five or six years ago called The Laughing Cure. Uh, still remains one of my favorite inclusions because it's the only point that I, in the book where somebody is arguing me. <laughs> so I really <laughs> enjoyed it. I'm all for that. <laughs> she has been doing comedy, uh, grinding it out uh, in the New York area. And then an interesting thing happened to her last year. She was performing comedy in New Jersey and a heckler threw a beer at her. A lot of you probably saw that video. Being the cool, seasoned comedian that she was, she made a joke, she reached down, she picked up the beer, she drank it. This clip went viral. Jimmy Kimmel actually posted this clip and tweeted about it, talked about it on his show, and uh, Ariel was uh, smart enough to say, hey Jimmy, how about you let me get on the show? Within weeks, she was doing Kimmel, she killed it on Kimmel, and I can only imagine that ever since then, it's just been a whirlwind of a year. Please welcome Ariel Elias. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm chill. It's very nice. I'm So has it just been like a, an absolute crazy uh, time in your life? Yeah, it's like a crazy time that I think I was ready for because that's... The goal for every comedian is, right. to, is to be playing at a lot of clubs and have people come out to see you and have attention, which I love attention. <laughs> um, so it is crazy. It's crazy in this way where it's this thing that happens overnight, but you've been working 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that. I know. And there's so many comedians out there go, why can't I get a beer thrown at me? Uh, you know? <laughs> well, when are you ready to respond in that manner? Where it's like, brownie like, points. Yeah. It did fuck me up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Like, I, I remember when I ha I'm, I compartmentalize my feelings a lot and I don't process in real time very often. And uh, I remember getting home and telling my husband about what had happened. And I was like, look, at some point, I am going to very inappropriately cry, and it'll be at a weird time because huh. I know that's. And then, true, right, like right. three months later, we are ordering food, and he goes, "Hey, I think you might have ordered a little too much food," and I burst into tears. And you're like, "I'm sorry, it's right." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, this isn't about that. This is about the beer." Yeah, it's still running in the back of your mind. I could totally empathize with that. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, whatever the outcome, obviously, it's still a very. Uh, you know, it, it's an aggressive act. Uh, it's something that you know, so, uh, something that happened to you that you weren't expecting. You're trying to make people laugh, and somebody does something like this to you. I mean, it's and it you know it screws me. Gets out a little bit, and so it's good. It's, it's uh, yeah. I've had moments where just somebody yells at me, and uh, and it messes me with me for like a month. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. Like, Man, I really hurt that person's feelings. <laughs> I don't, yeah. You know, because you don't want to be like the bad guy when you're doing comedy. You know, right? But there are things that'll just set you off sometimes, and you overreact because you have adrenaline. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was opening for Gianmarco Cerezzi, and he had started tweeting about it when mm -hmm. it happened. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I, he also had his camera set up. And afterwards, he, I mean, he immediately like gave me a hug. Everybody was like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And mm -hmm. I was like. 
yeah, I'm okay. Does nobody want to tell me I handled that well? I feel like I <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. But everybody was like so concerned for my well-being or whatever. And I, wow. and then he was like, did you get that on your camera? Make sure, because if you didn't, I have it too. Mm-hmm. But I had it on mine. And then um, that night I got home. I told, I, I had called my husband from the club. I told him about it. And then, uh, you know, I, I didn't sleep at all that night. I had a ton of adrenaline. And the next one, my plan was just to sort of give it the weekend and then clip it up and post it. And I was like, I didn't sleep. I'm just going to do this now and get it over with. And I posted it while my husband was at work. And he came home and he was like, I don't know, maybe like you don't want to do that. I feel like you're going to get a lot of hate because it's a Trump thing. Uh-huh. And then it went viral immediately. And he was like, never listen to me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was like, your instincts are right. Just trust your instincts. How did it go viral? How? I mean, yeah. Do you know, like, at what point did it just get catch on, or like immediately? Really? There was no. I mean, when Gianmarco was tweeting about it, it had already started to get like a little attention, okay. and then I just took a screenshot because he had tweeted about. He, I think he said something of like, you know, for everybody crying about cancel culture or whatever. Like, Ariel actually just like had something happen and handled it well, mm-hmm. and then I took a screenshot of the video of the of the can hitting behind me and I said like to answer the most obvious question I did pick it up and drink it and that picture the screenshot got a lot and I was like oh okay mm-hmm. so I think yeah, there's something here <laughs> and then I put and just like immediately wow that's pretty awesome how soon uh was it until uh Kimmel came across him uh that day that I posted it he tweeted he retweeted it and said five stars for this flawless performance <laughs> i've been trying to get on late night for a couple of years i've submitted tapes not to kimmel because he doesn't usually have stand-up yeah. which i didn't realize um but i've been trying to get onto other shows i've been rejected from shows and i was like i mean he said it's good so why don't i make it really hard for him to say no to me yeah yeah, yeah. why not ask why not hurt ask? to ask it? Yeah. It's an yeah. opportunity I know I'm ready yeah. for. Yeah. So I replied to it and I said, can I make my stand-up debut on your show? I asked my husband, I was like, can you make a show? He was like, yeah, do it. Just do, do whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever you think you should do. do. Say no. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like all these other comedians, like Pat Oswalt and Jed Up, and yeah. like, do it. Tell, like, bring her on, have her on. Oh, that's, I didn't realize oh, that part of it. Oh, awesome. people ruining it. A lot of peer yeah. pressure on him. <laughs> and then um, they were on hiatus the next week. But I heard from his booker pretty quickly, and uh, and then I sent a set, and they had one note, and that was it. Wow! Yeah, and you killed it on Kimmel. I mean, you really did. I was I remember seeing this stuff pop up because I'm not like this is mostly Twitter, right? This is this went viral. And I was watching, I'm more, more of a Facebook person, you know, and I was watching Facebook. It took a while on Facebook. Facebook's always, you know, 50 yeah, It's a lag, yeah. And, uh, and I was, uh, uh, I saw this, I was like, oh, wow, that's incredible. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. So, <laughs> like, and I actually remember watching you on Kimmel Live. As soon as I saw that set, I knew uh, I'm probably not going to see much of you. <laughs> no, <laughs> There's a there's a there's a point in which people they just move on, you know, and you are you look like you're 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 about to, to be in that uh, that upper echelon. I don't know that that, that new level of comedy. So congratulations! You know? Yeah, congratulations! <laughs> uh, I saw that and I was like, wow, she's gonna this is really gonna take her far. And next thing I know, I see you're touring all over the country. Uh, you've been to different places, and obviously you're here at JFL. Uh, which is super cool. So I, w- I can only imagine the past year has been really intense yeah. and exciting. What's it been like? Really intense. <laughs> <laughs> what are these 
my words, you know, argue with me, like in the book. I feel like for years I've been trying to prove myself and to say, like, I'm ready for this. And, um, you know, it's nice to have a manager and an agent, which I didn't have before. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we're sort of in an era, and no shade on any of these people, but there's a lot of, like, TikTok stars who then do live shows and come to comedy clubs, and then a lot of people are fans of them and go and think that that's what comedy, that's what stand-up is. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm like a very traditional stand-up comedian. Like I'm not, I'm not a crowd work comic, despite that video. Yeah. Uh, I love jokes and structure and an arc. So it's really cool to get to go and do these things that I like just. You just want like the chance to go, right? Yeah, to show that you know your stuff, right? Yeah. So it's cool. It's really, it's also very cool. You know, like a lot of my stand-up is about being growing up Jewish in Kentucky, and that was such an isolating experience. And I, there's something very cool. I love going to like southern cities mm -hmm. because there are so many other people who come out who are like, I also grew up like Jewish. Mm -hmm. I was the only person, uh -huh. and that feels really nice. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> what have been some of the uh, the, the highlights uh, of things that have happened this past year? Uh, doing Kimmel, meeting Sherry Shepard. She's very cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think like the f the first time I deposited a check that was oh, more than my rent. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that felt really good having to like get an accountant. It's a really cool feeling. It's a good problem to have. Um, I uh, I opened for Maria Bamford at Moon Tower oh, and Laura wow. Kilmartin. Those were really cool mm -hmm. experiences nice, nice. because before this year, I had never opened for another woman before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I'd never really appreciated that before. Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We talk to our daughter Alyssa all the time, and we uh, we were actually this week talking about role models and well, that's why I, I was it came up because we we're talking about you. Right. Right. Because she's actually gone to comedy shows, and she's about. I think like what three weeks old or something yep. when we can we bring her to shows and it's pretty rare you know in the lineup of a night to have a female comic I mean it is and um, so you know whenever there is and she's able to attend we're always so grateful for her to be able to see because she actually really loves telling jokes she'll go to the mics and when she's allowed she'll go up and tell her jokes and things like that too and, um, and yeah so it's really great for that uh, you know ability to see that yeah. yeah clubs are getting better about it especially in the city but the but the road is still mostly mostly male, male right yeah. yeah for sure well, it is a male dominated industry you know and that's that's uh, something I always forget being a male uh, but it's true and and having a daughter. Uh, makes me more conscious of that. You know, As a father of a daughter. Yeah, I want my daughter to have good role models uh, and see women on stage performing and doing things that, that she traditionally thinks of as male, you know? And uh, and that's one reason why you came up in our conversation. I was like, uh, well, you know, Ariel is a great comedian. It'd be great if you got the chance to see her or meet her and stuff. And, but it's interesting because the, the passage in my book that I asked you to comment on, so, I published this book uh, about six years ago or so, and I talked about why um, uh, there's more men in comedy than women, uh, and part of the reason for that has to do with the fact that women really appreciate a, a sense of humor in in, in, in a uh, in an attractive per, you know partner or somebody they find attractive, you know. 
And men are driven to be funny to impress women. That's kind of the argument that I made. And I like that you had this counter. Can I read what you wrote? Yeah, of course. This was also a time, too, like culturally, where there was a whole discussion of like, are women funny? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was that, was, that was, was that Eddie, uh, Eddie Brill that came up with, uh, with it started off? There were a few. There were uh, a few. So, uh, this is what you, you had to say, and this is what's included in my book. Women may laugh more than men uh, for a number of reasons, but it's important to keep in mind how many of our behaviors are learned. Throughout our lives, we're taught over and over via TV, movies, and our own mothers that if we want to attract a man... <laughs> Just a shot at my mom. <laughs> yeah. If, if we want to attract a man or let him know that we're interested, touch his arm, laugh at his joke, even if it's not funny. For a long time, uh, a woman's role was to stroke her man's ego, although this attitude seems to have antiquated. I think laughing a lot is a result of that legacy. You're not actually that funny. Remember, we're told to smile while we're walking on the street to seem pleasant and approachable at all times. The term for a woman's face that isn't smiling or laughing is literally called resting bitch face, uh, which I really feel like that. And I have never in my life heard of a man's face described as the same or even resting asshole face. <laughs> and it was that phrase when you sent it to me via email, I think it was, and I was like, oh yes, I'm putting this in my book <laughs> uh, verbatim. This is brilliant. All valid points. Right, absolutely. I mean, all, all, all valid points, but so... Thanks for it, being open to disagreement. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, if you, if you had a good point, disagree with me all you want, you know. <laughs> so you open for Lori. Uh, that's pretty great. That's really cool. uh, yeah. You know, I have a... I remember she posted a, a list of transition words for packets that she had used. And it's mm -hmm. like, like 75 different words that I printed out and put on my wall. She's such a, like, a comics comic. Mm -hmm. She's somebody who you're just like... She's so good. She's she's dark without making you feel like very uncomfortable. She's so funny. That was very cool. Uh, I needed Moon Tower. That was that was down to Austin. I, I really was actually trying to get down there, but I was on tour. My stupid store, tour schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly as grueling as yours must be, I would imagine. Yeah, right now it's uh, because it's my first year really headlining. It's a lot of uh, one nighters in the middle of the week. Oh yeah. Wow. So that's also you know, especially when you have like three of those in a row, and people are like, "Oh, how'd you like Charlotte?" And I'm like, "Well, the airport is great." So that's what I saw. Yeah. Uh, so that that's especially when it's not like a set schedule where you're just like, "Oh, I don't know how many days this week I'll be." You know, when it, when you're doing full weekends, you're like, "Yeah, I'm gone Thursday through Sunday. Right. Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, I can do whatever." Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm still in this weird. You know, sometimes I'm gone on a Tuesday. Right, and gone for a weekend. Yeah. You know, so it's a little chaotic. Yeah, and we were talking about you don't have that much free time uh, here in Montreal, so I'm really glad that you made some time for us. Uh, well, you, your show last night, what was that? That was a, a gala, uh, which I guess is, um, it'll be, it, it gets taped and it'll air on a Canadian channel. I think, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you may, you may even see it like, if you come next year and you're just walking outside, because we see a lot of that, they'll put up like big yeah. screens and they just do clips of things. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. I know, I'm going to be in Winnipeg in September. And I was oh, like, will wow. it be out by then? I don't think so. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool. You know, I was in a big theater. You get like hair and makeup, which is always exciting when somebody else. Absolutely. It's just nice to be like, ah, that's, I can look like that. I can never make me look like that. It was cool. It was a beautiful theater. It was a really fun audience. And you were, uh, you were in the, the Russell Peters gala, right? Uh, did Russell pick you for it? 
Yeah. I'm just curious, maybe less saw you put up so you like to, you know. I doubt it. I, I mean, don't I, don't, I don't really know like how yeah. long decision making happens. Mm-hmm. I feel like the further away from it I am, the better. <laughs> he does get Yeah, us probably. He's, he's here every year. Yeah. And so that's why uh, I was wondering. And I don't know how the gala system works. And to me, the calling of a gala, uh, I have in my head like a whole different idea of what it is, you know. It's, it's in like, your head. Yeah, well, it's like a ball, like people are just <laughs> dancing, you know what I mean? Like a, Oh, I'm gonna dance with Russell Peters, you know. <laughs> That's the Russell Peters Gala, you know. But uh, no, it's just like a showcase. Yeah, just everybody does seven minutes. Yeah, it's like a showcase. That's yeah. it, right? And did he do time between you? Did... Yeah, he did. A, he did time up front, and then in the middle, he did some time. I heard on the next show he did a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. that's because there was nothing after. Oh, very cool. So you're gonna be on Canadian TV pretty soon. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, another goal to check off the list. There you Absolutely. go. There you go. Uh, I, I can only imagine a tremendous uh, opportunity for you. And again, it is what we all work for. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the reason I write books, do podcasts, make movies, things like that. We last saw each other in New Orleans like ten years ago, and since then, not only have you moved to New York and had this. Uh, opportunity opened up very recently, but also you uh, you got married. Yeah. When did that happen? That happened two years ago. We were engaged for a while, and then uh, never really made plans for what neither of us are planners. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID hit, you know, we were living in Queens, and we were sort of in the epicenter of COVID. This is so Jewish. We both were just like, oh, we have to get married because like we have to be able to like make decisions for each other medically. So basically, we're like, we should get married. So like, I want to be the one to kill you. Like, I want to be the one to take off life support, and I want you to be the one to take me off life support. We had a super small COVID wedding in my brother and sister-in-law's backyard. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law planned everything because she's good at that kind of thing and is the best, and I can never. Um, so my dad officiated, and we just had eight people at our wedding. That's awesome. Simple yeah. and fun. And yeah. yeah, I had to rent the runway dress. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, when you saw, well, the last time we saw each other, like, I was a baby. I was like, yeah. I don't know, 22? Something like that. You were hella funny, though. Nice. I will, I don't know how long you've been doing comedy at that point, but you were just killing it, like, already. Nice. It was already yeah. really obvious that you were a great, you know, good good writer. I, thank you. That's very nice. I look back on some of that stuff and cringe. We all do. No, I, we all do. Process. Yeah, you we did, all do. But you wouldn't be. I mean, you wouldn't be growing. I think that's true. Like no matter what, if you don't feel, if you don't feel some kind of cringe about your previous work, then you're not growing. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. But yeah, you were really good. It was really obvious. Uh, it's been so long I don't remember specific jokes, but there was definitely uh, something about you on stage, and so okay. uh, it doesn't surprise me that you stuck with it and. Uh, doesn't surprise me that this this unfortunate experience you had to suffer through opened up some incredible doors. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. So when you when you look back in your past, you say, okay, what helped my career the most? I was on Brian King's podcast. times. <laughs> <laughs> so and congratulations on, on the marriage. How's it like? What's it like being married? You know, it's uh, it's mostly the same, but it is nice to be like. Oh, if you want to break up with me, you have to do so much work, <laughs> and I am very comforted by that because I don't either. I really want to do that much yeah. work. Um, and Simon, you know, he's the best. Like, he's just the best. So I think like that's the whole. I don't know. He's just nice. He's a nice person. Is he a comedian? <laughs> 
He used to do stand-up. Um, he doesn't do stand-up anymore. He quit. He, I, I think when COVID hit, he kind of stopped and then felt like he didn't have anything to say, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and like maybe stand-up was not the outlet for him anymore. But he writes, he, he was a TV writer. He, he made a pilot with Nate Bargazzi. Um, he uh, he uh, co-wrote Anthony DeVito's One Man Show. So he's still like in the world, which is also the best right. to have somebody yeah. who like understands. Yeah this world and did stand up long enough. You know, I can talk to him about all of like the JFL stuff and he understands and but he's not in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well if you were both in it that would be great to some ways, but that would severely complicate things as yeah, well. Of course. Yeah, my sister's a chef and it's really hard because she has really irregular hours and she always has to work holidays yeah. and all these things. So unless she's dating a chef, they don't quite get it. Right. Yeah, it's the same kind of yeah. Yeah, you need somebody who like understands that intensity who, who understands why you're gone all the time. Um, and he's, you know, like, I think he feels like he has nothing to say on stage, but he's really good at pulling stories out of other people. Mm-hmm. So he's a really good person to, like, collaborate with um, on, like, pilots and all that. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's very good at that. Does he help you write? Uh, he would if I let him. <laughs> 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 I'm very stubborn. I need somebody who's not that close to me mm. to help me write. It can't be somebody who I love dearly and whose opinion I really care about yeah, because yeah. then I get really precious about it. <laughs> very defensive. I think uh, in our relationship, I think uh, Sarah inspires uh, jokes. You know, if, if, if she doesn't write them, she it definitely inspires them. Like, I have a lot of material that I've written. Uh, as, a re- as a result of our relationship or dynamic or something. I have this ability to make really interesting and unusual connections and see things that people don't. So I'm sure if I like applied myself and I wanted to, you know, I would come up with some interesting things for jokes. But no, I never, never really wanted to be on the stage yeah. in that way. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, my husband's like the fun, I mean, he is the funniest person I know. Yeah. And he always does like have, like anytime he sees me, he's like, oh, I have a tag. So, uh, uh, what's coming up on your schedule? I mean, like we talked about how crazy it's been, how crazy, do you still have a packed year for the rest of the year coming up? I have a, I have some stuff coming up. I'm, I'm doing a, a weekend in Wilmington, North Carolina at Death oh, right. in, uh, at the end of August. one of my favorite comedy clubs. I've never been there. It I'm is... real excited. I'm coming back to Canada. I'm doing, um, I'm doing JFL Toronto in mm-hmm. September. And then I'm going to Winnipeg at the end of September at Rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the club dates I have. I do. I perform at a lot of like synagogues. Oh yeah. I do a lot of private shows at synagogues. Oh, wow. what's that like? Coming up. Uh, it's fun. You know, like Jews were not um. Like I think Jewish people like love comedy, but our culture is not based in expressing joy. Really, like <laughs> all of our holidays are based on That's suffering. <laughs> we love being judgmental. So. You learn, like, I mean, I remember the first few synagogues I did, I was like, I bombed. Like, mm-hmm. it was awful. And then afterwards, there would be so many people who were like, I loved it. And you're like, did you, though? Yeah, where was the expression? But that's, like, how they <laughs> love. Like, that's how we love, you know? We just, like, sit there and go, like, hmm. Wow. So then was it more a dark humor that kind of worked? Yeah, you kind of learned, like, you know, it has to be clean. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's... It really depends. Some synagogues, they uh, 
they they'll put it in a social hall or I, I did one where they like really made it look like a comedy club. Mm. It's very cool. And then other ones, you are in the sanctuary on the beach, oh, wow. and like the ark is behind you, and you're like, yeah, this feels weird. <laughs> you get we're in the place where you pray, and yeah. God is just looming yeah. behind me as I'm talking about my birth control. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but like you know, it's it's fun. Like I think there's such a like um, like in the Jewish culture, like comedy is such a big part mm-hmm. of it. And it's a cool way to see all these different synagogues. Like, there, I think there's something so comforting mm-hmm. because no matter where you are and no matter what kind of synagogue it is, there are a lot of things that they all have that feel like hope to me. Right, there's where the tradition lies. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just being surrounded by, like, books and, you know, always oh, just some, just like these, like, everybody wants to tell you a story and hold your hand. And yeah. it's, like, it's very nice. And the food's, like, never that good. And I really love uh, I've done a couple of things for mine, but I think, uh, I don't know if you saw my kibble set, but it's very Jewish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think from there, it kind so of... They, oh, so they picked you up from there. Yeah, okay. it's a lot of that. Um, and I was like, church clean is very different from synagogue clean. Mm-hmm. Synagogue clean, it's like, some of them are like, you know, PG-13. Some of them are just like, say whatever you want. And I'm like, uh, I won't, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, church clean, I think, is... I had a friend who did a church once who... Um, he was opening for somebody else, and the, the headliner turned to him and said... Uh, he goes, how many complaints do you think we got? And he was like, what are you talking... We didn't get it. We wouldn't get any complaints. And he goes, watch mm-hmm. this. And he goes up to the organizer and says, how many complaints did I get? And he goes, ah, you got three. <laughs> and he goes, how many complaints did my opener get? And he goes, he got one. And he was like, how did I get a complaint? I stayed squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, oh, well, you said uh, you live with your girlfriend. Oh, wow. And that's not... Yeah, yeah, it's depends. So, <clears throat> depends on the culture of each church, right. too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New York has been good for you, uh, even though you spent the pandemic there. Uh, you know, you, you like it? You, you enjoyed it? Yeah, I didn't like it when I first moved there. Um, it took me a really long time to get used to it and to. And so you were coming directly from New Orleans to mm-hmm. New York. That's a huge cultural change. It was a harder culture shock from New Orleans to New York than it was from Kentucky to New Orleans, mm-hmm. for sure. I can believe that. Um, it's just a, it's a hard place to live. Right. But I now that I've I found the neighborhood that I love living mm-hmm. in. Um, I like have my friends and and feel a little more solidified. I will say, if I didn't do stand up, I would not live there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of like a nature girl, mm-hmm. yeah, than city girl. But but it's cool. I'm I'm happy. I don't know if it's like I'm happy there or if I'm just like happy in general right yeah. now. Yeah, got a lot of reason to be happy. Either. Your career's <laughs> your career's blowing up. You've got a wonderful husband. Sounds like uh, sounds you know. Yeah. Nice neighborhood in Queens, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nah, good. And you're in Montreal for the first time. Yeah. You know? So this is your first time here, huh? This is my first time in Montreal. I, uh, technically, it's not my first JFL, because I was a new face in 2021, but we weren't allowed in Canada, and mm-hmm. so we had, it was in Los Angeles, there was no real party mm-hmm. afterwards, there was a curfew, we didn't have other shows, it was just mm-hmm. your new face show. So there was no, like... All the excitement and the party atmosphere was not really right, there, yeah. but you know, it was like a thing you put on your resume and your sure, of course, yeah. but it's cool. To yeah, have I would party. imagine that a festival without the festivities is a little bit it's tough. tough. Yeah, it's tough. It was very isolating. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like everybody's staying at the same hotel, and there was like you know, you put yourself up, and I right. 
you know, you're trying to hold on to all the money that you can, so you're putting on, you're like, what's the cheapest, right, right, jankiest hotel I can stay at? <coughs> That's a tough way to turn 31. I had my birthday. <laughs> I, turned, I turned 31 at New Faces. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad you're able to experience now. Yeah. 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 It doesn't sound like you have a whole lot of time on your hands, but... Hopefully you'll you'll see some of Montreal. And the, uh, I mean, we love yeah, it. Yeah, I walked around today. Yeah. I went to the old city. Uh, follow me on everything yes. at Ariel underscore comedy. Go to my website, arielaliascomedy.com. Dates added all the time. Wow. And they really are being yeah. added all the yeah. time. Yeah, I signed up for my newsletter. I'm, it's fun. I am now uh, on your newsletter, and I get them, and I'm like, oh, my, I, I can't believe where you're going right now. <laughs> I mean, obviously, your, your career is doing really well, uh, and I hope it continues, and I hope it continues to grow, and, uh, you know, that, that's awesome. I'm so glad you took some time uh, yes, to come visit you. with us today, and uh, thank you. Appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your new book. My, thank you. Thank you. Uh, everybody who's watching, listening, whatever, please follow Ariel. She's fantastic. Uh, one of the first, you know, guests that I ever had on a podcast, and and here she is back again, uh, like ten years later. Anyways, folks, this has been on the road with Dr. Bryant. Thanks for thanks for paying attention. Bye bye. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. Blues, women, and blues, I'm here.